the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky team. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. When you make that California 
Flagstaff, Arizona Don't forget Winona Kingston, Boston San Bernardino Won't you get hit to this timely When you make that California trip Get your kicks on Route 66 Get your kicks on Route 66 Get your kicks on Route 66 Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour was uh, on my show last year with, uh, I think it was last year, with the release of her book, uh, Never After the Thirteenth Fairy. But a lot has happened since then. And we're going to be talking about High School Musical, the musical, the series, The Road Trip, with the uh, New York Times bestselling author of the Descendants series, Melissa Dela Cruz, who joins me by phone. Melissa, welcome back to the show. Oh, it's great to be back, Tom. So much fun. Now, you know, when I, whenever I have somebody on the show, I always say, you know, I hope when you have something going on, you'll come back on the show. Well, now you're back, but so much has happened. I can't help thinking maybe you were holding out a little bit on me last time. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, uh, it's uh, it's a, it's kind of amazing how much uh, time has gone. You know, and uh, how uh, how we're still in the in the pandemic, but hopefully getting out of it soon. Well, yeah, but when when I talked with you before. There, I don't think there was a Melissa De La Cruz studio at the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> no, there. I don't. I, I, you know, I, I think we didn't. Uh, we didn't uh, announce it yet, but we have been working on it for several years now, and we're finally going to launch uh, our books uh, next year. I'm really excited uh, to show people what what we've been working on and all the new writers that we've discovered some established writers and some debut writers and all the crazy ideas that I've put together and made into books <laughs> that, uh, that now I'm mentoring other people to, to write. Well, that's, it's a lot of fun. I, that's, that's awesome. I, and I, I, I just, I, I have to, uh, 
ask because there's just so much about it that's new. You, um, I, I'm seeing now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Tell me about High School Musical, the musical, the series, the road trip, what that all is and how that all came together. Sure. So High School Musical, the musical, the series, is Disney's revamp of the original High School Musical uh, movies, uh, which came out, uh, I believe, um, maybe 20 years ago, uh, almost 20 years ago. And uh, and uh, and it's such a genius uh, reboot. You know, it's not a retelling of the original, and it's not a sequel. You know, what, what it is is uh, it's set in our world. So in our world, you know, these kids watch that movie and they know all the songs and they're fans of it. And then they put on High School Musical uh, at, at their school. And uh, and Disney asked me, we had just uh, kind of uh, wrapped up uh, the Descendants uh, series and the books. And they said, you know, we have this other uh, project that we're working on. We'd love for you to be involved in the book stage and, uh, you know, and contribute to the franchise, and I said, okay, well, what is it? And they said, it's High School Musical, and I said, okay, you know, I, I like the original. What are you guys doing now? So they sent me the scripts, and uh, I think at that point they taped a couple of the first episodes, so they sent that, those over, and I watched them, and I was so floored. I was so impressed, and I thought they were so funny and so modern and so new and, you know, to be honest, I like them better than the original. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I really just love them. And, uh, and the creator, Tim Federley, is a friend of mine. And, uh, and Tim said, you know, now I would love for you to do the book. And, you know, you have carte blanche to do whatever you want, you know. And, uh, you know, he was like, I'm so honored that you even want to do this. And I said, no, 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 Tim. I, I am so honored that you trust me with your characters. And I want to be able to, you know, do them justice and bring them to life. And, you know, that's how I got involved. And we talked about whether the book should be a prequel, you know, before the first season or something else. And, you know, I just really loved the series. And I thought it didn't really need a prequel, you know, the way that they set it up. It didn't, they didn't need – I just felt like it wasn't the right uh, book to write. So, you know, we better found a couple more ideas. And, uh, and I thought, wouldn't it be fun? You know, just to play on that self-awareness of the show, if the kids, after putting, after staging the musical, go and go to a high school musical convention, you know, and how fun <laughs> would that be? And so they they love that idea, and that's that's what we uh, that's what we did. So, so you're sitting there trying to come up with uh, an idea for the book version of the adventures of these kids. Who was it that that first said road trip? <laughs> I know, right? I, I don't remember. You know, uh, I, it was either me or it was my editor or it was the Disney Channel people or maybe Tim. You know, but once we got that idea, we knew it was the right one because you know road trips are. You know, there's so much that can happen on a road trip, and I love a journey. You know, it's a it's a nice metaphor for you know character growth. And, uh, you know, some of the kids, they go and uh, they go to the wrong convention and they don't even realize it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, of course, the bus breaks down <laughs> because, you know, the bus always breaks down on the road trip. With well, of bus. course. <laughs> that's part of the that's part of the experience. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it, how connected is the 
book to the the television part of this um aside from having the same characters is are we going to see an episode of high school musical the series the road trip somewhere down the the road no pun intended <laughs> you know um it's connected in that it picks up right after season 1 and it's a bridge to season 2 so it sets up season 2 um, but, you know, to find out what happens, you have to read the book. It's, it's not going to be on screen. And it's a little bit like how the Descendant series played out, because you read the first book, and then you watched the first movie, and then you read the second book, and you watched uh, the third movie, and then you read the third book, uh, which was a little bit of a standalone, uh, because we, you know, the, the movies take longer. So we actually, I think, published two books between... Uh, the first, uh, between the second and third movie. So it's kind of like you get a little bonus, you know, interstitial, you know, a little bit more of the story in the books, you know, but they are separate from the movies and the shows. So this book, I would say if you're a fan of High School Musical, the musical, the series, you should read this book because it gives you a little bit more insight and details of the characters and you find out what happened right after, you know, the end of season one. Um, and it will give you a little bit of a hint for season two. And if you um, are watching season two and you haven't read the book yet, I think it's fun to read the book and to see what the characters were thinking and feeling. More with New York Times bestseller Melissa Dela Cruz, straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Sterling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all 
always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Hello. Speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. More with New York Times bestseller Melissa Dela Cruz straight ahead. It's it's separate but not separate. The, exactly. The, yep. the books are, mm-hmm. are telling stories concurrently with what people are watching on television. So... Your viewers of the TV show and readers of the book are are they pretty much the same people? And does that put a lot of pressure on you to make characters from the screen come to life in your book? Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting. You know, even with Descendants, there were some fans who were just fans of the book and hadn't seen the movie. And there were some fans, you know, who uh, loved the movie and wanted to know more, so bought the book. Uh, and uh, and, it, and I don't know exactly what the percentage was of the book people versus the movie people, but I think that, you know, definitely if you're a fan of one, you'll like the other. Um, and there is pressure because, you know, you don't want to disappoint, you know, fans. And... You know, with Descendants, the book came. The books came out first, so uh, a lot of people were introduced to that world through the books, um, and then watched the show, which I thought was a, you know, uh, it, it worked out really well. You know, because uh, my book was also a bridge from the classic Disney movies to the Disney Channel movie, and my book was kind of this way to uh, get from one place to the other. Uh, you know, kind of creatively, you know, well, how is it that all these, you know, Disney villains who exist, you know, in their own world suddenly are all in the same world in the Disney Channel movie? And I tried to kind of explain that in my book. And with High School Musical, 
you know, uh, some people haven't watched the first series and they're just going to pick up the book and they're going to be introduced to the characters that way. And I hope that uh, reading the book, you know, makes them interested in the show. Um, and, of course, we hope that the show's viewers uh, are interested in finding out more and so buy the book. Um, yeah, you know, you definitely don't want to disappoint, I would say. You want to live up to what people love and give them, you know, what they what, what they uh, like. You know, I'm I'm practically dizzy from trying to keep straight what's TV and what's <laughs> books and and all of that. And you know, I have, as I said when we first started talking, Melissa, a lot has opened up and a lot has happened since we last spoke. And I've talked to a number of writers. Um, over the last few months, that really had a tough time being productive with with all the pandemic distraction. Excuse me. Um, how have you been able to get all of this stuff going and happening when a lot of places have just been completely shut down for the last year and so many months? You know what's so funny is that, you know, pandemic life when we were on quarantine and couldn't leave our houses, it was just like being on deadline. You know, I said, oh my God, this is my life anyway. <laughs> you know, when I'm on deadline, I don't leave the house. I get everything delivered. You know, I don't go outside. And so my husband, who's also a writer, uh, and we, we were just joking that our life didn't really change. And we were so well suited to pandemic life because um, we don't go out anyway. But I think with the mental toll of the pandemic is really hard. And I think it was really depressing to live with such uncertainty and fear. Um, I was I was definitely able to work um, because I'm always able to work. Work is kind of my escape. So um, being able to work uh, let me escape the pandemic, you know, in my mind. And uh, I was able to do that. But what I found was curious about how I survived the pandemic is I couldn't read. I, you know, usually I have so many books that I'm reading and, you know, it's my favorite thing to do. And I just, I was too depressed to read. I could only watch, you know, kind of mind-numbing reality TV. So I could, I could write, um, but I couldn't read. I couldn't lose myself in another world because I felt so discouraged by the world we were living in. And now that we're kind of coming out of it, I can read again, and I've been reading books again, and it just feels so much better. I feel like, okay, you know, I feel back to normal, you know, because it certainly was a, a weird time. But, you know, I can always work. Work has been um, my crutch and my savior, so I can always work. <laughs> well, I, as, I, as I mentioned, I've talked to so many writers who, you know, look back over the past year and you know, during a time when they might have been really productive, they they admit kind of sheepishly, no, nah, it's kind of like a deer in the headlights. And yeah. and it's surprising. Yeah, it. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I get it. Definitely. You know, you feel like you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing and you just can't. But then I you know, I but then I start talking to you and it seems like all kinds of stuff has been going on while everybody else was, uh, you know, binge-watching Hulu and Netflix and watching old DVDs and stuff. Um, 
how were how were all of these elements able to continue to be putting work together? Was it a lot of Zoom um, meetings you know, it, and stuff it, like it, that? Yeah, you know, um, you know, we were delayed a little bit, you know, because uh, uh, they were supposed to be taping season two of of the show much earlier than than it ended up being, and you know, there was so much uncertainty as to when. They could go back into production, but, you know, uh, but I'm trying to remember when it was that Hollywood kind of came back and they started being able to film in Utah. So there were certain film sets uh, in certain states that were open, and so a lot of uh, people moved their production uh, there. And the High School Musical, the musical series was already filmed in Utah. You know, we filmed it there. So the minute uh, they you know, kind of gave us the go-ahead, they, they went and started filming. So that was um, – so we did get in a little earlier, uh, although we were delayed still, you know, by months um, because of the pandemic. But, you know, the minute, you know, we were able to do it, uh, they jumped on it. And uh, I write for Hallmark as well, so I had some Hallmark movies. And, you know, it was funny because they said, you know, with the new pandemic restrictions – you know, you couldn't have a lot of extras, so they had to use the same extras for all the different movies. So we were filming three different movies in the same, you know, in the same place. So they had to move the extras from one movie to another. So I thought that was funny. They were like, well, I hope nobody notices it's all the same extras. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. You just mm-hmm. just move different principles in and out of the shot. You know, now, now we're yeah. shooting this. <laughs> That's funny. Absolutely. But what did I'm looking at the at the cover of the book, and it says uh, on the back of uh, what? Well, I probably shouldn't say what brand, but uh, on the back of a micro bus, we'll put it that way. Um, there's a banner. It says High School Musical, the musical, the series. Um. And then the road trip is is kind of tacked onto it. What mm-hmm. what does that that mean? High School Musical, the musical, the series. Oh, that is the name of uh, the show. That's the franchise. Uh, so the show is High School Musical, the musical, the series, uh, and that's the revamp um, of High School Musical uh, with the new kids uh, from this new generation. And uh, and it's kind of a play on the self-awareness and kind of like a little meta because, you know, uh, in this world, High School Musical, the original um, movies, exist. And these kids are the fans of that show. And they're, now they're their turn to put on a musical. And we just thought it was so funny, you know, and, and, and just so kind of hilarious just with that long title you know why not make it longer (laughs) 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 you know it just makes us all laugh it's so funny that that is funny um so when did you um, i i'm trying to figure out how you find time to write the book Um, I always have time to write. I, I, I tell people I don't have any hobbies, you know, and I don't really watch a lot of TV. Um, and I am, you know, I, I work really fast and I work, uh, very productively. 
And uh, and I'm interested in a lot of different things. So I have, like, a lot of different projects going at the same time. And, uh, you know, it's just all about discipline. I mean, you could spend your day nine hours scrolling through the Internet, not getting anything done. Uh, and I try not to do that. You know, I do try to set goals for myself and daily goals and, you know, um, trying to figure out, you know, how long it will take to do this and then, when can I switch to this project? And, you know, um, I do I do find myself, I am busier than I've ever been, um, which is interesting because usually I, I also, you know, nobody will believe me, but I actually do have a lot of free time. <laughs> and I have time for my friends, and I always have time for my family. Um, and it's just about how you use uh, those hours in the day, you know. Uh, and I try not to waste them. You know, I try to get as much out of the hours as I can. And while saying that, I always do find time for myself, and I think that's that's really important. Now, this new book, um, The Road Trip, is it is it a one-off, or do you think there will be several companion books to High School Musical, the musical, the series? Uh, you know, it's always hard to answer that question, because that question uh, is always answered by whether the books do well. <laughs> so I believe that uh-huh. if the books do well, you know, and take off that, you know, and we, I come up with a fun new idea, and I think, you know, I feel like it's important to tell that story, then there will be more books, hopefully, if Disney wants more books. But, you know, if... Um, if they don't do well or, you know, I don't think of a story that might do, uh, that would serve the franchise justice, then, you know, probably not. You know, we, because we have been delayed, uh, we haven't really talked about, you know, the future yet. And I have a bunch of other things that I'm doing for Disney that I'm busy with. So, um, so we'll see, you know, I think the answer to that is maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell me more about the, 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 work you're doing for Disney. I mean, what you can tell me. You have uh, the Melissa De La Cruz studio at Walt Disney. Uh, and I, 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 I feel like I want to ask, why are you interested in developing things for other writers as opposed to just developing things for your own writing? You know, um, I actually had a content company, so people don't know this, but I actually had my own uh, company called Spilled Ink where, um, where I had writers, I would come up with ideas and other writers would execute them, and uh, we would publish their books. So uh, Disney bought that part of my business, and, um, and uh, they asked me to, you know, kind of incubate ideas, you know, and... Uh, generate intellectual property that we could then find uh, other writers to execute. And uh, I was really excited to do it because I I always have so many um, ideas. I have more ideas than I have time for, you know. And, uh, and there are certain books that maybe I'm not the best person to write, but I would love to see them in the world. And, uh, and it's very much my studio. Uh, they're my ideas uh, with my direction. And the writers come and bring them to life, and we help guide and shepherd them. And the intent is uh, for it to be something that uh, Disney can then make into uh, hopefully a movie or a TV show or a game, you know. But I'm part of that whole thing. So, you know, um, so I'm a, I'm a partner I, I'm with Disney, and uh, 
And it's really fun. You know, who wouldn't want to partner with the Walt Disney Company? Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody would say no to that. <laughs> well, exactly. But but I'm fascinated by, by this notion that, that you're coming up with ideas for other people. I'm so fascinated by the creative process and, and what goes into it. And I talk to writers a lot and a lot of different writers about the creative process. And most of the time... I'm hearing writers, you know, talk about they get an inspiration for an idea and boom, it it becomes a project and they're tied up in it. And this this idea that you have um, ideas or storylines that you're passing on to other people, um, are, are you just an idea machine? You know, I think so. I mean, I, I'm really interested in a lot of, a lot of different things, and I have a lot of ideas. Like I said, I have more ideas than time. And you know, I pitch, I, you know, I pitch Disney as part of the program. You know, I pitch them a lot of ideas, and they decide which ones that they want to do. And you know, um, we've been doing pretty well. You know, I think uh, we're good partners. And you know, I just don't have time to write all the books that I want to see in the world. And I think that that's why uh, the studio works out so well. Um, you know, uh, for instance, one of the first books I can talk about is uh, a retelling of Anne of Green Gables, and it's called Anne of Greenville, and it is written by Noriko Tamaki. And I wanted to uh, have a book in the world that was a queer Anne of Green Gables retelling. Um, but I'm not queer myself, uh, and so we were like, let's find a writer who can bring this to life. Um, and Mariko, you know, uh, took, you know, my, uh, my concept, my idea, and the pages that I sent her, and she, you know, brought it to life in a way that I could never. And we just thought, oh, my goodness, this is so perfect, and it's so wonderful, and we were all just on board with it as such a fun project and how great to see Anne of Green Gables reinvented for, you know, this modern, uh, this new generation. And, you know, that's certainly a book that I could not write. You know, I had the yeah. idea for it, and I thought it would be really great if it was out in the world, if we could find the right person to do it, and we did. And uh, it was one of the first ideas that Disney loved, and so it was just about finding the right writer. I have a, a songwriter friend in Nashville who... Um, is always thinking of you know ideas for lyrics and and sometimes for melody and and different chord changes and so on for accompaniment and he has has this notebook and he jots all these notes down in this notebook and he calls it his boneyard and when he's ready when he's ready to write a song he'll go through and pick through some of these little notions that he's had along the way how do you keep track of all the ideas and projects that you end up having a hand in um you know all of the things that are actually uh happening or you know I'm actively selling or working on um or developing you know I I definitely write I write them down you know, and, uh, and, you know, I, I know my, my nightmare though, Tom, is that I've forgotten something, you know, that, oh my God, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot about that project. I absolutely have that nightmare, you know, because I do have so many things going on. Um, but, you know, the ideas that are kind of germinating, you know, they're just in my mind. I just kind of think about them a lot and I don't really write down anything until, 
you know, I've kind of really thought about it for a long time, and it's not stuff that I forget, you know. And I think that's how I pick what ideas uh, really are working. If You know, I've had uh, one of my books, uh, The Birthday Girl, was an idea that I had for 10 years. And I, I want to write about somebody turning 40. It's one of my adult novels, you know. And I just really, when I turned 40, I was just struck by how emotional it was and, you know, so many conflicting emotions in me. And I felt like I turned kind of into this monster because I wanted to prove to the world that I was so successful and I never really felt like that. I, I, I don't, you know, have that kind of self-aggrandizing feeling. But I had it when I turned 40. So I said, I want to write about a woman who has this feeling. So I, I thought about it, but I'm 50 now. Uh, I'm going to be 50 in September, making myself old before the time. But, you know, I thought about it for a long time before I wrote it. So I think about my ideas for a long time. You know, there are certain things that I want to pitch Disney, but I'm not ready to pitch yet because, you know, they're still in my mind. I still haven't figured out exactly, you know, the shape of, of the story. And once I have the shape, then I'll write it down. Well, this is absolutely fabulous. The uh, the, the new book is uh, from Melissa De La Cruz, um, High School Musical, the musical, the series, The Road Trip. That's a lot of colons. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Melissa, as as you know, I always uh, want to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know um, who may not be, you know, streaming High School Musical, the musical, the series um, on Disney Plus, or um, might not have read any of your books yet, where they can find out more about you, the studio, your books, uh, well, all of your work, past, present, and future. Um, Melissa, do you have a website? Yes, I do. It is melissadelacruz.com, and I'm on Twitter at melissadelacruz, and on Instagram at author melissadelacruz. Well, Melissa, it was great talking with you again, and I'm I'm I almost shudder to think uh, what you'll be up to the next time we talk. <laughs> Sounds good. I it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right, take care. You too. Bye bye. That was Melissa De La Cruz. Uh, she is a New York Times best-selling author of. Uh, a great many uh, best-selling novels, including uh, the Blue Bloods series and um, the Descendants series. And uh, she was on the show uh, about a year ago talking about her book, uh, Never After the Thirteenth Fairy. And she's uh, got a new book. It's called uh, The Road Trip. It's actually High School Musical, the musical, the series the road trip and uh it's uh, published by disney hyperion and we'll have more of the tom sumner program straight ahead Missing you 
down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. 
East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I took a ride on the bus the other day, and it convinced me once and for all that there is a school for bus drivers. (laughs) Because they couldn't innately know what they do. They would have to go to school to learn some of these things, and I would like to take you out of that school. Uh, As we enter the school, there's a course going on in which they present the bus drivers with actual situations they'll encounter while driving their buses to find out how they react to it. And as we enter the course, we find uh, the instructor talking to the student bus drivers. Uh, You men have now completed what's known as the basic course in bus driving. In this course, you're going to be presented with actual situations you'll encounter while driving the buses. And it's primarily designed to find out whether you're just going to be, uh, well, good bus drivers or possibly one of the great all-time bus drivers. (laughs) Bus drivers like uh, the legendary Larry Strickland, Uh, probably the greatest bus driver of the 1930s and possibly of all time, Neil Norlag. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to take one of the students, uh, Johnson, you want to get in the bus, uh, and oh, uh, Mrs. Selkirk, you want to get 
back to your marks back there. Uh-huh. Uh, good. Here, here's the situation, Johnson. Uh, you've just pulled into a stop. You've discharged your passengers, and out of the rearview mirror, uh, you notice this old woman running for the bus. Okay. You want to you want to start running now, Mrs. Selkirk? <laughs> okay. Let's see how Johnson goes about handling. Uh, hold it! Hold it! Hold it, Johnson. Uh, you're you're pulling out much too fast, Johnson. See, uh, she, she, she gave up uh, about halfway in the block, you see. <laughs> yeah, what, what you want to do is just kind of gradually ease out, you see, so uh, you're always holding out the hope they may be able to catch the bus. <laughs> oh, another thing you want to watch, a lot of these old women, they'll, they'll run at three-quarter speed, you see. Then, then they'll put on a final burst and they'll catch up with a bus, so. Uh, Graham, you want to be the bus driver? Yes, Mrs. Orkirk, you want to get back to your mark again? All right, let's try it with Graham. Same situation. All right, you want to, you want to start running again, uh, Mrs. Orkirk? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see how, how, how Graham handles this situation. All right, fine. Uh, uh, did you all see how he slammed the door right in her face that time? <laughs> That's, uh, that's known as your perfect pullout. Uh, oh, one other thing, uh, it wasn't part of the problem, uh, but uh, I want to compliment you on it. You blocked both lanes that time, pulling in. Uh, okay, and Mrs. Selkirk, I think we'll take uh, situation 13 this time. Yeah, you want to you get in the Chevrolet? Mm -hmm. uh, Graham, this is a situation you'll very often encounter. You'll be driving along your route and uh, all of a sudden, this car will pull in front of you, and on the back will be caution student driver or learning to drive, uh, something like that. Okay. All right, Mrs. Elkirk, you want to pull in front of Graham and see how he, how he goes about handling this situation? All right, that, that was fine. That was uh, very good. Uh, could you all see what he did there? Uh, he gets back about 10, 15 car lengths, uh, gets it up to around 60. <laughs> Then he gets right behind her, bang, he slams on his brakes, he hits the horn at the same time. Uh, did you all see how the car went out of control there? <laughs> the, the, the minute she dove for the floorboard, it just kind of swerved into the light pole over there. Okay, uh, some of you want to extricate uh, uh, Mrs. Selkirk from the car? Just uh, roll down the window and crawl right out, Mrs. Sucker. Mrs. Sucker, I think this will be the last one. You be the woman with the packages on this one, all right? Okay, uh, Graham, on this one, I'm going to stand behind you because uh, you can't be expected to know this. It's going to take time and a lot of practice. All right, you want to get on the bus, Mrs. Selkirk? That's all right. Fumble, fumble for your change. All right, now s start heading toward the back of the bus. That's it. All right, hit your accelerator. All right, hit the brake. Hit the accelerator again. Now your brake. All right, did you see how she spun all the way to the front of the bus that time? 
That's, that's going to take a little practice. A lot of times they'll <laughs> grab a hold of another passenger. You may hit your brake too soon. All I can tell you is don't get discouraged. Uh, within five, six months, you'll have all of them spinning right to the front of the bus. <laughs> okay, now let's all get in our individual buses and uh, start practicing. And just remember, it's accelerator, brake, accelerator, brake. <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, for, for homework tonight, uh, we're going to mispronounce the names of streets. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. She said, son, you're growing up now, pretty soon you'll take a bride. And then she said, just because you become a young man now, there's still some things that you don't understand now. Before you ask some girl for a hand now, keep your freedom for as long as you can now. My mama told me, you better shop around. Oh, yeah, you better shop around.
That wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program and uh, kicks off our weekend. I want to say thanks to uh, all the guests that were on the show today. Melissa Della Cruz talking about her book, High School Musical, the musical, the series, The Road Trip. And uh, before that, of course, we talked with um, Judith Halbrick, who uh, is the author of uh, a tribute to um, her mom called um, oh shoot what's the title I had it right in front of me here a minute ago it's uh, The Audacity to be Divine and it's uh, an homage to her mother we talked about her mother's legacy appropriate with Mother's Day coming up Sunday hope everybody has a great Mother's Day also want to say thanks to um, my guest uh, Robert Beattie author of the Serafina series, talking about his new book, Willa of Dark Hollow. Anyway, that's Smokin' George. Let me know it's time to head on down the hallway to the living room. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.